Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Invoking Witchcraft. I'm one of your co-hosts, J. Allen Cross, and I am here with... Britton Boyd, also known as Archaic Honey on the Instagram and the Twitter machine. And guess what, Britton? What? We done won an award. I know. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, wait. I'm just going to scream into the microphone. <laughs> so excited. Oh, yeah. So we won a couple of witchies. So thank you to everybody who has voted for us. This was a very big deal for us. Um, especially as a new podcast to receive not only one, but two. Um, We won for Outstanding Podcast Episode for our episode uh, titled What is Folk Magic? And we also won for, I believe it was Outstanding New Podcast. Um, Yes. We are very, very excited. Um, We were nominated for three, of which we won two, and that's a very big deal for us. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you all who voted and who have been supporting us and listening to us. And especially thank you to all of our Coven members. Um, If you're a member of the Coven, we love you. We see you every week in the uh, Facebook group. We do our weekly lives. And it's it's really crazy that we won an award, to my mind, because, you know, we've just been doing the thing. We've just been like, hey, we had this idea. We're just working, like doing this every week. And you know, you don't expect to get recognition or an award for just doing your thing. So it's really exciting and and kind of shocking uh, because we are a new podcast. So we didn't quite expect that, but it's awesome. Absolutely. And it's, it was funny too, because up until that point, I still really wasn't convinced that anyone was actually listening to us. Mm-hmm. And now that not only do we know that they are listening, but like, you know, we're, we're now at a award winning podcast. I'm like, we got to tighten this ship up around here. We got, I know I got to get a better microphone. We got to start <laughs> watching. Yeah. Ourselves. It's going to be all right. We are going to yeah. be through. We will. And also, you know, a part of this podcast and what makes it sound good is our fabulous ed- editor, Barry. Yes. So thank you so much, Barry, for doing the hard work of like piecing this whole thing together and for editing our ums and the brain farts that we have. And <laughs> When that. we're in the middle of just some long rant and then we completely forget what the hell we're talking about. That's that's all Barry magic. So thank you, Barry. Yes. So what's new in your world? There has been so much going on over here. I went to a witch's fair and gathering in a place called Albany, Oregon, which was wonderful. Um, There was a big turnout for it. I I was one of the speakers for it, which was great. Um, I haven't been into any like in-person witch events in a really long time. So that Mm -hmm. was wonderful. I also got to meet Angel Craig, um, who does the Science Witch podcast. And they gave a talk on like microbes and like fermentation as an ancestral practice yes um, like sourdough and things like that so they were really uh, neat to talk to um so if you haven't checked out the science witch podcast or are interested in science and witchcraft putting it together um that's kind of an interesting thing um so i went and i did that and i have been processing a bunch of stuff in the dreamscape recently um 
like letting go of stuff. I had like a very intense dream where like uh, in short, I went back to middle school and the secretary was like, go home. You don't have to stay here anymore. Like let this go. And I was like, oh, well shit. I woke up like, oh God. <laughs> and that was like right on the Scorpio new moon too. Like, yep. like straight up, just like leave this shit behind you. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> like if you insist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've even noticed with the normies that they have been having wild dreams too. some folks that I follow who are not witchy at all have been like, oh, my God, my dreams are just crazy right now. And yeah, my dreams have been wild, too. There's just been lots of activity. I've been getting a lot of sleep lately, which helps me dream more. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's been pretty wild. I think it's all very necessary processing that we're going through. And mm -hmm. sometimes you just figure shit out in the dreamscape. Yes, processing. So what's new with you? I know that you've been um, back to the pumping iron. Yes, the barbell medicine. So some of you may know I had a, a health scare about a couple of months ago. And I was like consistently going to the gym. The gym's something I've been doing for many, many years. It's just how I love to exercise and take care of myself. And it helps my mental health. So I had to take a long break. I was out of the gym for about three or four months. And um, now I'm back and I'm hobbling around my house. It's the first week. So I'm super sore. And before the show started, I was telling Jay, like, it took me a minute to get to the show because I've been hobbling around my house and it takes me like forever to sit on the toilet right now. <laughs> I have to brace myself, take a deep breath and then oh, sit. <laughs> and it hurts to stand up. <laughs> See, the new sweetie has to come and rescue you from the toilet. Yeah. Help me up. So that's kind of what's been new here. I also quit sugar. Uh, because sugar has been a replacement for alcohol and comfort for me. As many of you know, I, I have quit alcohol and I am sober. So I had a little battle with my sugar addiction about a week ago, but it clear it took like four or five days to clear up. I was having headaches and fatigue and I was just like, holy crap, like sugar is so addictive, you know? It really is. It really, really is. And so um, I kicked that and it's just like this month of November, I don't have a whole lot going on. I'm just really focusing on my health, my wellness, my resting and my body. And it feels really good. Um, but it's been a little the slowness is what trips me up. I have a hard time slowing down because hashtag Aries problems. But, you know. Must do all the things very fast and as effectively as possible yes. all the time. Uh, that's interesting, too, that you're talking about that with sugar and being addictive. I did listen to a lecture once. Uh, a woman came into our class and she worked with a lot of people who had addiction issues. And one of the things that she talked about, she's like, you know, a lot of people think that addiction starts with like, you know, like ads like towards children for like cigarettes or things like that. And she's like, where it really starts is sugar. Mm -hmm. like it just that kind of like that pleasure reward response you do something good you get a cookie you know like all this stuff she's like that's where a lot of this kind of comes from and people don't realize it that it starts you know in childhood with things like sugar <laughs> yes absolutely yeah that was kind of what was um the kicker for me was after I quit alcohol I was like well I need something to comfort myself 
So I was, you know, and there's nothing wrong with like having sweet treats and whatnot, but I was just like overdoing it. And, um, my mental health was, (laughs) I was just like having these wild spikes of energy and then I would crash and it was just like going on for months. And, and, uh, yeah, I just kind of had to kick the habit and now I feel more stabilized and like I have less like high peaks of energy and then these crashes, like it's way more stabilized. So it feels really good. Awesome. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like when, when my nutrition or my diet is off, then my mental health goes in the toilet. But like, as soon as I start Mm -hmm. like, really eating like good, super nutritious things, and like, you know, drinking my, you know, nourishing herbal infusions and things like that, things, things turn around really quickly. Um, having the nutrients that you need, uh, really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to your health, to your health. Yeah, everybody take care of yourself. It's good. Mm-hmm. And part of taking care of yourself is setting boundaries, which we want to talk with you guys about today. This is part two of our boundaries episode where, you know, we've been talking about, you know, signs that you may need to kind of put some distance between yourself and other things. And, you know, this can be something like sugar, you know, drawing a boundary yeah. between yourself and sugar um, or other substances. Um, last week, we covered a couple of them. This week, we will want to talk about kind of starting off with um, signs that you may need to set a boundary between yourself and other practitioners. Um, a lot of folks these days are solo, um, but also even as a solitary practitioner, we still all kind of participate in the online community. Um, we also might be attending events or, or making friends that are also witchy um, and hanging out with them. And sometimes we need to do boundaries between ourselves and, and other practitioners. And, and that's absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever felt the need to to do this or ran into a situation that you felt was effective that you you did some boundaries in? Yeah, you know, I can think of a few situations. I had a friend, a person that I knew, um who was really interested in witchy stuff and mm-hmm being the excited go-getter Aries type energy person, I was eager to share with them what I knew. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty new to all of this. So, you know, I just shared tons of information and we like did stuff together. And eventually it kind of started to become an unbalanced uh, relationship and mm-hmm. they started to rely on me. And this is not to fluff myself up or make it sound like I'm an all-knowing being. <laughs> I'm not. because <laughs> I do not know everything. But it just, you know, they... They started asking me more and more and mm-hmm. more. And I kind of had to put up a boundary because the, the boundary line started to blur. And I was like, where am I and, and where are they? Mm-hmm. You know, the boundary between me and that other person became very blurred. So I kind of had to back off. And that's just, you know, a character defect of my own that when I'm really excited about something, I just want to share it with everyone. Mm-hmm. And I have to be measured and careful with that um, because I can overreach and overgive. And yeah. so and I think for a lot of us in this community, especially if you're like a content creator, or you're an educator, we want to give, but sometimes we can give too much of ourselves. So that's Absolutely. where that boundary comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And I I have very similar stories. I have, um, honestly, kind of a hard time making friends that are kind of like witchy or like in that grouping, simply because Mm -hmm. 
I very quickly turn from a friend into like a mentor yes. or um, sometimes it's like, oh, like they find out that what I do with like the paranormal and then suddenly like they have all this paranormal drama or something like that. And it like, so it, it can very much turn from, oh, this is a friendship into, oh, you are now one of my clients that is receiving free <laughs> services um, yeah. all the time. Um, so yeah, that definitely does happen. And so it's, it's just good to, to create a boundary and boundaries. Again, they don't have to be mean things. They don't have to be scary things. You don't have to yell at anybody, you know, just notice, you know, what is good for you and what is not. And, you know, move yourself further or closer to those things as necessary. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. So like if you're the tarot reader of your friend group, A lot of the time people will be like, will you do a reading for me? Will you do a reading Mm -hmm. for me? And I do. I have a friend who occasionally at least twice a year gets into kind of like crisis mode Mm -hmm. and they reach out to me for a reading. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. You're my friend. But I'm like, at this point, I've realized I'm like, I think I need to set a boundary here because like I charge my clients like 100 bucks an hour to have a terror in-depth terror reading. And I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> right. what do I do? <laughs> you know, like I need to set that boundary because I mean, maybe it sounds selfish of me perhaps, but it's like, what am I? Re- where's the reciprocity? Yeah. It feels really one-sided. Totally. Well, it's like um, my friend Kayla, who lives in Portland, she's an amazing hairdresser. She does a mm-hmm. great job. And so I would trade her tarot readings for haircuts because um, she does like such a great job. And I love that. So like, yeah, having trades with people, totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because then, then that kind of rebalances that sort of dynamic a lot. So I would absolutely like, you know, trade stuff like that. Go for it for sure. Yes. A trade economy. I love it. I love a trade economy. Also, I'm realizing now as we're talking too, um, apparently one of our things, and several people have mentioned this, is that um, uh, one of our unwitting catchphrases apparently is whatnot. I've seen people post, they're like, I've been listening to Invoking Witchcraft too much because I realize I'm saying and whatnot. <laughs> like, oh my Lord. Sentence. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have a friend who's probably going to listen to this episode and laugh her ass off because we use Marco Polo in communication. We send each other videos like two or three times a day. And I've noticed that I say whatnot a Uh lot. (laughs) So I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. It's it's just a good way to condense, you know, it's the other stuff. It's the yada, yada, yada and the whatnot. And so, you know, it's we're going to we're just going to keep it and it's going to be all right. Um, okay. So what are some signs (laughs) that you may need to, uh, set a boundary between yourself and another practitioner? Yeah. So I think one of them would be, um, when it's creating more fear than joy, Mm -hmm. you know? So like when I have this friend of mine who, you know, reaches out to me for a tarot reading lately, Mm. I have been kind of like, Oh God. I really don't want to do this. (laughs) Right. Like this isn't the time, you know? So I think, yeah, when it's like creating more anxiety, fear response, then it is creating like a, a joy, a joyful, like, um, 
response. I think that there's, there's something there to be explored in the boundary setting. Like when, um, when those lines become blurred. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I see this a lot too, with like, you know, small groups of witches, they get together, especially like new witches, they form a coven and like, it's really great at first and like really community and like very joyous. But then it, it turns into like, you know, someone introduces something like, oh, I feel like there's a spirit that's been following me around. And then it turns into like this big chaotic fear thing of, of you know, the spirits being passed around and is attacking all of us or blah, blah, blah. Like p- things spiral in group settings really fast. And so if, if you are with a group of people and the feelings that you are getting by being with them are constantly either you're exhausted after being with them or you find yourself very full of adrenaline or afraid after meeting with them um that's a sign that you may want to step back because sometimes those things can feel very exciting and we can feel like we're very much part of something but that's also how we end up in a cult too (laughs) by Mm -hmm. kind of like having this feeling of kind of being like oh well we're part of something we're all fighting this you know entity that may or may not exist together if you hanging out with other practitioners is just creating fear for you Um, or just not giving you a good feeling about the whole thing, then that might be a sign that we need to just kind of, you know, create some space, maybe hang out with a different friend group for a minute, or maybe, um, you know, go, go do something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you raise um, something really important there. And what you just shared is like taking a break. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you need to like cut off your friend group or your witch group or your coven you know, if you're experiencing like anxiety or exhaustion and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, because there is like in the like spiritual wellness community, this like, if it doesn't suit my higher, my highest good, then I cut it out of my life. (laughs) That's really, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I think that's really kind of toxic thinking that Mm -hmm. if it's not all for the good of you, that you must cut it out and and, like cut it off. Yeah. Or serving you. For sure. Um, but just taking breaks, you know, or, you know, setting the boundary of like, hey, you know, I can only do this once a month or I only do this once a week mm-hmm. or, you know, we hang out in this time frame, etc. Yeah. It doesn't need to be all consuming. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, you know, noticing too, like if that fear you're experiencing with them follows you out of those situations into the rest of your life, too, because like, you know, like. Um, like me with my paranormal group, like we do get into sometimes some frightening situations in the work that we do, because that is that is the nature of it. But then when we're done with it, we're done with it and we move on. And then we go and talk about normal things and, you know, have fun and, and whatnot. So it's not just stuck there in the fear area. And sometimes people really thrive on that energy. And that's, you know, if, if that's how people want to be, that's cool. But that doesn't mean you have to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so want to go on a paranormal exploration investigation with you. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because I know a lot of really haunted ass places near where you are. So I'll come visit. We'll go hang out with some ghosts um, and see what see what we can find. Yeah. Um, so this next one is a little bit like something we were talking about earlier. Um, but a sign that you may need to create a boundary between yourself and other practitioner is um, when they want you to spoon feed them information when you suddenly become a uh you know a a provider of information that they really could look up on their own figure out themselves 
you know, if they were to exert the effort to do so, sometimes people will turn to other folks as kind of a, a, a place to get that, a resource mm-hmm. for that. Um, and it's great to have people that you can turn to and ask questions to and kind of, um, you know, get some clarity on some things if you're lost or confused about something, but you shouldn't be relying on somebody else to completely take care of your magical education. Right, right. You know, I see this a lot in my DMs um, with folks who are feeling lost or discombobulated and they share their life story with me. And, you know, that's all well and good, but it's like I can't spoon feed you what your path is going to be or why you're having these experiences. You just have to like sit with them and feel them out. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I definitely agree with the spoon the spoon feeding, um, which, you know, I really think kind of comes from our educational system in a way because we are just spoon fed information like through grade school and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was homeschooled for many, many years and I had to like seek out all the information. I had to like grab it myself. So it's it's kind of like it's sort of hard for me sometimes to reach out to others myself wanting to be spoon fed. So I'm always less like, go, go do your own research. You can do it. It's empowering. You can do it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's so hard too, because I do agree. It does have a bit to do with our education system, especially when it comes to things like, you know, learning how to vet your sources about, you know, whether Mm -hmm. or not something is a good place to be learning. Um, That's something that I really didn't have to actually do or care about until I got to college where there are suddenly people asking you like, okay, well, what are your sources? Can you back this up? Um, And is your source something reliable? And we were taught how to find and vet sources and peer-reviewed journals, things like that, and suddenly became very important. But that's not something that they teach you in in just regular school. And I think that it really should be something that is taught. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just trying to like cram as much information in your head and then just send you out the door to go be a productive person (laughs) in our capitalistic society (laughs) absolutely Absolutely. go to your desk job (laughs) no go be a worker until you die um the other one and this is something too that we've already kind of uh talked about is the sign that you may need to have a boundary with somebody is when everything is a crisis Mm -hmm. and we've all had that friend we've all met that person where they call you every one or two days because something catastrophic is happening and they need you right now. And, and they've been hexed or, or there's a spirit or there's any number of, of crisis happening. Um, I just, I just simply call this magical drama. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of magical drama in those situations. Like, you know, I'm happy to help, but at the same time I'm like, okay, here's what you need to do. Go do it. Mm-hmm. not like not going to hold your hand through it kind of thing. Nope. I'm just like, well, here is what I would do. Good luck. Fly baby bird fly. Yes. This last one I, I love because this happens quite a bit. And I've, I've had personal encounters with this where I've had to draw this boundary. Um, but when people start policing your practice, have you ever ran into this one? Oh boy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think this kind of sort of lines up with when, I've been called a gatekeeper Mm, mm -hmm. when they start policing my thoughts and opinions and whatnot. Yeah. And whatnot. Mm -hmm. And whatnot. (laughs) I did. um, 
there was one girl who we were like fairly friendly on Instagram and like, like we talked off and on and I kind of helped her with some spiritual stuff that she was working on. And, um, but she very much kind of thought of herself as being very far above everybody else as far as, you know, the, the magical stuff is concerned. And she very much began doing that to the point where I couldn't post anything without her trying to call me out on something mm-hmm. like it, like it, it, it just got to the point where I just ended up blocking her. <laughs> I was just right. like, you know what? Like, we're just not going to play this game. I don't know you enough for you to be this far up my ass. Like, <laughs> Yeah, definitely checking um, when folks start trying to police your practice because your practice is your own. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that it's appropriate for another person to kind of infiltrate your practice and start telling you what to do and how to be within that. You know, and I'll notice that there's a difference between someone policing your practice and someone being like, hey, I've noticed that you're doing something that's dangerous. And I just want to talk to you about that or maybe like give you some advice on that or something like that, because that does happen. And that's something that. Um, I think people mix up with this kind of thing of, of, of someone just just unnecessarily being super nosy into your practice versus like, hey, I noticed that you are not initiated at all into voodoo, but you are trying to work with eight different very dangerous loa like right now. Um, maybe we need to not. Um, that's not right. necessarily policing your practice as much as it is trying to be helpful to you and keep you safe. Um, so there is definitely a fine line, but just kind of see the intention, see the vibe, see what's going on. You know, do they have a point or are they just being in your business? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this blends really well with our gatekeeping episode. If y'all mm-hmm. want to check that out, it's a few episodes down. Um, Cause yeah, I think that's kind of touching on that differentiating between that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how do we set these boundaries? If we've, if we've realized, if we've kind of noticed, you know what, some stuff is going on, I need to set a boundary. What's, where's the first place that we go? Where, where, where would you, where do you go first? Communication. Oh my God. Yes. Talking to other people. (laughs) Right. I know communicating our needs, um, which can be really, really hard to do sometimes. I know for myself, sometimes I have a hard time using my voice and like asserting my own boundaries Um, but as we begin to do boundary work, we have to get a little uncomfortable with, with standing up for ourselves and setting those boundaries. So communicating with someone like, Hey, I cannot do this for you, or, um, this is making me uncomfortable is a really good way to establish that boundary. Mm -hmm. And if they overreact, then, then, then you have their character's been revealed, you know? Yes. They've, they've proven that they are worthy of boundaries. Like when that happens, that's very important. And I think, you know, just simply telling people, just being very honest with people, just like, you know what, this is something just being able to actually verbally set a boundary with somebody is really important, not just in life in general, but also in your spiritual practice, because these things translate over into the magical stuff. If you cannot set boundaries with people, other humans, then you attempting to do that with spirit is going to have zero power behind it. It's going to have zero weight. If you are just unable to maintain, make, or create boundaries, then people aren't going to respect you and neither will spirit. 
And so this is a great time to, you know, work through that with people before you actually go over here. It's a little bit like, like doing spoken charms. Mm -hmm. People will be like, okay, well, I'm trying to do spoken charms and nothing is happening. It's like, okay, well, when was the last time that you kept your promise? When was the last time that you didn't follow through on things that you said you were going to, you know, how much power does your voice and your word actually have um, in this world? You know, those things make a difference. And similarly, if you don't have boundaries with people, you're not going to have boundaries with spirit. Yes, absolutely. I agree completely. Um, so what's another one here um, that My we can... Favorite? <laughs> your most favorite <laughs> my most favorite um is using the block button um use it that's what it's there for <laughs> if you need to oh, yes um, absolutely but- yes i had to block somebody recently who they didn't seem like a troll but they were trolling me on instagram and i tried to communicate with them because usually for the most part Folks who have um, a differing opinion or something like that, I can usually just talk with them and we can agree to disagree or yeah. something like that. Um, but this person was just like maybe having a really bad day. And so they just kept harassing me. And I was like, all right, goodbye. Block. Yeah. And on Instagram, um, you can when you block someone, you can block all the accounts that they create. Because mm-hmm. some folks will create alternate accounts so that they can like look at their ex's Instagram or something like that to see what they're up to. Creeping. Creeping. Yeah. So when you block, just make sure you check that out, that you can block all of their accounts because that can be really important, um, especially if you're being harassed, which does happen in the community. Um, and that's where, yeah, you definitely have to set a hard boundary around harassment because nobody wants that. And nobody really deserves that. Absolutely. And, you know, too, sometimes blocking somebody is more of a statement than we really want to make. But we can, there are other settings in all of your apps, you know, where you can limit what they see, um, limit what they're able to do, things like that. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do in your app settings to kind of create that boundary if you, for some reason, are unable to directly tell them or create a boundary between them um you you can do other things too because sometimes you know this is a very small community you you don't always want to make the statement of blocking somebody but maybe you do want to kind of be like cool but maybe you don't need to be looking at my story because that's when i notice that you police a lot of the things that i post you know Mm -hmm. or things like that um so there's other ways you can go about it if if blocking seems to be too much but just Use those app settings. That's why they're there. Mm-hmm. What about using the block button IRL, like with a person that you're interacting with in real time and not on the internet? Because I think like <laughs> we can kind of utilize a block button in real life, not on the internet, you know, where where someone with us is like really truly crossing a boundary and we need to cut them off. Mm hmm. You know, do we, yeah. How do you do that? Is that a weird question? I don't really tell them like, cause like sometimes it's either they've done something that I feel the need to do a block with them where I'm like, I'll just straight up be like, Hey, like this thing is not okay with me. I'm going to need you to stop doing this. Um, like this happened recently where like, 
I had this weird uptick. There had to be something, astro- you know, in the stars happening. Um, but I had this weird uptick of people getting very invasive with like my personal stuff. Like someone found my husband's social media and started following him and sending him messages, like asking um, about like our marriage and how we met and like all this stuff. And I had to be like, hi, stop doing that immediately. Cause that's not okay. Um, like things like that do happen. So if it's something they've done, you know, you need to be, have a very honest conversation of like, this was not okay with me and I need you to discontinue that. Um, other times though, I find that it's not necessarily anything that they've done, but you can just tell like you and I have opposite vibes and mm-hmm. we're just not going to be friends and that's okay. Um, and sometimes people take huge offense to that. Um, but it's, it's not really an offensive thing. It's just like, you know what, you and I, we're not going to work out and that's okay, but good luck to you. I'm going to be over here. Right. You know, I actually had, I'm j- I was just thinking about when I've had to set an in real life boundary and it actually happened when I entered into my 12 step program. And what happens is um, you get a sponsor, somebody who sponsors you through your 12 steps and mm-hmm. they become like a mentor to you. Um, and my first sponsor was a person who um, was crossing a lot of boundaries with me and they really made me feel very, very uneasy. Mm-hmm. And I, I wringed my hands and just like paced back and forth in my house for like a week because I knew I needed to cut them off. And I knew that I needed to tell them this wasn't working for me. And so like through my program, I actually learned how to set a boundary with someone and Ooh. confront them and be like, Hey, this is why I cannot continue with you. And this is why I need to set a boundary. And, you know, what I was most afraid of was the reaction. Mm -hmm. But what I needed to realize is that the reaction from the other person was not my responsibility. You know, it's, it is not our responsibility for how the other person reacts. So being able to stand up for yourself can be really challenging and scary, Mm -hmm. but we have to do that in order to create healthy boundaries. Absolutely. And I very much feel the way that they react not only, you know, is is their issue is how they react is their issue very much, but also it's often very telling. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. um, and some of us, especially for those of us that are Aries, um, the the first thing that we want to say or the thing that comes to mind is not always the best thing to say, because we can be um, we, we, we can be a little intense. We can be a little uh, aggressive sometimes. Yes. So I like to I like to either think about or write out what I want to send or what I want to say to them, like like what I really want to say to them. And then I give it what I call the um, the corporate HR makeover which is like, um, <laughs> like I've been seeing a couple of these online. Somebody was like, like, what's the corporate HR way to say, fuck around and find out. And it's like, someone's like, um, I suggest you test this theory and let us know how that goes. <laughs> Things like that, right? So you can give it a little bit of a, of a makeover. You can kind of edit it so that you say the thing that you want to say, but in a more polite, palatable tone. And then that way too, they can't say like, wow, they were mean to me. They just really popped off, you know, went, you know, crazy or whatever, you know, you can just, you can present them a very mature, 
thing that still gets across what you want to say without having to exactly go there, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, y'all should see my notes in my phone, like my notes app. It is like I have a couple of sheets in my notes that is just like all texts or emails that I have had to send to, to folks and have had to really sit there and like watch my words and make sure I'm wording it correctly. And like you said, give it that HR makeover. Mm -hmm. And um, I probably need to go and delete those just to kind of like release them into the to the void into the wild because yeah. <laughs> they're just hanging on. <laughs> yeah. So it is really good to review. And like I have Mercury and Aries. So I actually recently had somebody call me a tone deaf Aries. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I can be a little tone deaf. Um, and I don't mean to be, I, I, I'll blame it on my Mercury and Aries, but it is really good to kind of review and sit on what you want to say to somebody before you press send. Yeah, just just give it a moment and don't feel like everything requires an immediate response. Like, especially if it's like over the internet, you know what, give it the night, look at what you've written in the morning, send it to them then. If it's in person, you know, you can just be like, you know what, I'm going to need to take some time with that. Um, how about we meet up another time? Or how about you give me some time to think about that? Like, you can always get more time, mm -hmm. you know, if you need it. Um, especially if you're having like a back and forth with somebody, like, don't be afraid to ask for that. Cause that's part of the boundary too. Like, Hey, I feel like you're rushing this for me. So I'm going to need to set a boundary. I will return to you with my answer, or my response tomorrow, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you can do that. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can do that for sure. Look at us here. We're fixing the world conflict resolution. Yes. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, this brings us kind of to the end of our signs that you need to maybe set boundaries to other practitioners. Um, and what we want to go into now is signs and ways to set a boundary with spirit or with deities, because this is something that we're seeing a really big uptick in right now, especially across like um, specifically TikTok, but kind of the internet which area, um, and this is not necessarily a new phenomenon. This is something that we were seeing with like Tumblr back when that was a big thing. But nowadays, the community is so much bigger and TikTok is so much more accessible. Like like Tumblr was kind of like a weird cave that like the, the odd people hung out in for like a really long time during that period of, of witchcraft. But now TikTok is so much bigger. It's so much more popular. It's um, so there's a lot more weight in it when these things happen. And the community is so much bigger than it was like in the nineties or the early two thousands. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about kind of things that we've been noticing with people and their relationships with their deities recently. And we, we may have given you guys the wrong impression of where we stand on this. And so we wanted to kind of um, talk with you about that and, and kind of clear that up. And the first thing we want to say is that we are not against people receiving um, messages from deity or spirits or ancestors or anything like that. Um, that is actually a very um, normal thing to have happen. Um, you know, we've both received messages from what we believe to be deities. Um, I've had rocks speak to me before. Um, mm -hmm. it, it does, it definitely does happen. And it doesn't, we don't mean to, you know, people have misconstrued us and 
thought that we were anti-polytheist, which we are not, um, or uh, on one occasion, agents of the church um, attempting to invalidate polytheism, um, (laughs) which is hilarious, um, but definitely not happening. Um, But we do think at the same time, when you go into some of these spaces like TikTok, um, the, the elevated level that it is at Um, as far as deities are concerned. Um, We're seeing people who are crying on the TikTok because um, the gods are are fighting over them and who gets to work with them and um, or people saying really wild things like, um, yeah, Hades comes into my bedroom every night and tells me that he loves me uh, more than Persephone and that I'm his favorite and that he hates that bitch Becky down the street because I also hate her. These things are problematic for a few reasons. And the, the one that I'm most concerned about is the fact that we have to come to terms with the fact that mental illness is something that is prevalent within our community. And that is something that I feel like needs to be handled with great care um, and great compassion. And what I'm seeing a lot on these apps is people saying things like, um, do you hear voices? That's a sign that you're clairaudient. Do you see things nobody else does? That's a sign that you're clairvoyant. It's like, but that's also, um, that, that's also a sign of some mental health crisis. And we need to take responsibility for things that we put out there that might be causing harm to people who are dealing with mental illness. And when we're seeing people be like, yes, absolutely, you should hear voices in your head all the time. Um, That's absolutely deity. Um, Nothing else. Don't worry about it at all. Um, I find that concerning. So I would simply like us to have a more grounded approach to how we we work with deity um, and how we have boundaries with spirit. Because what I'm seeing a lot is it's, you know, either people are... I don't want to say that people are making things up, but sometimes that does happen on TikTok that people are making up their relationship with their deities. Um, But if it's not, then it's often a lack of boundaries that I'm seeing people having where this Mm -hmm. deity is much too close with them um, and really turning their life upside down. And a lot of the times too, I have a feeling that people aren't actually working with the deity that they think they're working with because I see a lot of people too be like, oh, well, we're, we're canceling Apollo Um, because I spoke with him yesterday and he used the N word six times in an hour. And I'm like, um, that probably wasn't Apollo you were speaking to then. Mm -hmm. Um, so there, there are just things that I I think we need to take into consideration and have a more grounded approach to deity work. And that's, that's simply all I'm saying. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, just for the record, y'all, I'm a hard polytheist. I believe in the distinction of the gods and I do believe they speak to us. But it's always good, you know, like Jay has said in the past, to put it in the mental waiting room. You know, I have been doing a lot of in-depth work with Odin lately, and I have been really careful with, uh, because he's also a trickster god, so I've been really careful with what it is and the information that I have been receiving from him. Um, So I think the other thing, too, that I want to touch on is, like, with TikTok specifically, you know, these these apps and these platforms are geared for likes and for shock and whatnot. So when we see someone crying, you know, and like raising a big fuss about something, you know, it, we, it, it gets more attention mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily the, the universal experience. 
And just because somebody's having their experience doesn't mean that that's how it should show up in your practice. Because I think a lot of folks are looking for guidance on these platforms. They're looking for affirmation of their experiences. And um, some of what I see does not seem to be stable or Mm -hmm. or I'm going to use air quotes normal for the community, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a huge uptick in kind of this deity drama thing where, you know, oh, Lilith and Santa Muerte are, are fighting over me or, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like it's it's gotten to be too much. And I also feel, too, that people need to understand that a lot of the times when we are interacting with something like deity or, or certain spirits, we are often interacting with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that, that that's happening at the same time. Our personal baggage is something that we perceive things like spirit and deity through. And if we have too much baggage, we'll often actually simply be interacting with ourselves only because deity Mm -hmm. cannot get through that. And so when people are like, oh, well, like I, I see a lot of people get these messages from spirit or deity that's very much you can tell themselves and what they want to be hearing and what fits into their preconceived notions and ideas and things like that um you know if if deity is always um confirming all of your biases you may not be actually speaking to deity the way that you think you are you may be interacting with yourself which is something that does happen Mm -hmm. yeah or co-signing your bullshit yeah co-signing your bullshit which is, yes, and if your spirits are always doing that, that's a red flag. Right, and I kind of apply that principle to, like, uh, relationships that I have. If they're always co-signing my bullshit, then I, I'm always kind of like, hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep, that is a concern. So when we kind of look at the discernment of spirit, there are certain things that I like to ask myself, because when it comes to figuring out You know, people always ask me, you know, how do I tell if the spirit that I'm working with really is the spirit I'm working with, or is it just a trickster? And the truth is, is that we don't know. There's no specific way to tell. It's not like, oh, well, these ones appear green and those ones appear blue. um, And that's how you tell. There's, There's no set way to do it. It's very much like our interactions with people. How do we go out there into the world and know the people that we're talking to are good people? Well, often we don't. We simply base it off of our interactions with them. And our feelings, you know, after we've actually met with them, we don't know the person that we're talking to at the gas station or who we're asking to, you know, change our tire or whatever at the store is a good person, but we can kind of feel it out as we go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things I like to ask myself is that if I'm working with a DD and I'm receiving messages from them, I ask myself, does this sound like a deity or a god or a goddess or things like that? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, is, is Thor, the God of thunder, um, really going to take time out of his day to tell you about how much he hates, um, Becky, who was mean to you in high school. Um, I don't, I don't think that that sounds, I I don't think that sounds, uh, legit to me personally. No, I don't think that sounds legit either. Cause like, I think the gods and deities have like bigger things to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. In my work with Odin, um, I did have an experience. So (laughs) I'm in like a really weird space where I'm like working with Our Lady um, 
the Holy Mother and praying the rosary. And I wear the miraculous medallion. Yet, on the other hand, I am like honoring and praying to Odin. And I had an experience a little while ago where I was I had done my rosary prayer. And I closed that out and I felt I had felt the presence of Holy Mother. And then I moved into my prayers to Odin and Mm -hmm. I felt the distinction. The distinction between the two and it was stark. It Mm -hmm. was it was like warmth love and then like this like trickster cold not like cold as in mean but just like this um feral cold as in nordic (laughs) yeah (laughs) this like this like feral energy and i was like holy shit you know um just like an experience like that as an example um where i felt that distinction between the two and how it felt in my body yeah. yeah. Taking those things into consideration, how does this feel in my body? And like, how do I feel after my interaction with the spirit? Like, do I feel super drained or do I feel sad or do I feel scared? Like if you're feeling any of those things, that's probably not from like higher spirits, you know, that's probably coming from somewhere else or something that might be feeding on you or something like that. And, and these kind of like trickster manipulative spirits that come in and pose as deity and whatnot aren't, well, didn't used to be super common. Um, I have a feeling now with this very big uptick and people really needing to work with deities and just being willing to believe anything, I think we are seeing a bit of an uptick in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't want to scare anybody or be fear mongering that like, oh, you know, any any spirit that you talk to could be, you know, terrible or evil because because that's not what we're here to do. But you know, just simply keeping your wits about you again, like you know, you you can still go out into the world and probably not be you know, harmed by other people on most days, you know, same thing with our spiritual practice, we can make this through safely. But the other thing that we should ask ourselves is how are our own personal beliefs and desires affecting this interaction? Um, Because I find that that's a place too, where people often um, cloud themselves. Um, I see a lot of people who are interacting with things that very clearly from my outside perspective, do not sound like specific gods. Mm-hmm. Um, but are preying on people's, um, the, the, the one that we see a lot is uh, lack of parental figures or parental love. Um, and then suddenly a spirit shows up that's like, I am your mother or I am now your father and I'm going to take that place and I'm going to love you. And then people are so excited to receive that love finally that they don't realize the red flags that the spirit's giving. So just kind of check your own baggage in this, you know, how is my own personal desires, wants, needs, um, influencing this or, or maybe are being played upon. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing here, and, and I have noticed this before within the community is, is the deity or spirit simply giving you what you want or like giving me what I want. It kind of goes back to that whole co-signing my bullshit stuff. Are they a yes God? Are they Mm -hmm. always saying yes to everything? You know, I think in, you know, speaking on boundaries, you know, we have boundaries with other people, like as we become engaged in relationship to them, we feel them out and we feel where our boundaries are. And the same goes for deity. So, you know, I once had a friend who, who always said yes to everything I said and like agreed with everything I I shared with them and I was just like, 
can I have a little constructive criticism? Can I have like a little no? And maybe that's just my Aries nature where I'm looking for some friction, but it was just like, something's not right here. Yeah. You know, like some, you stop valuing their opinion because you know that it's, it's just, again, just giving you what you want. Right. Yeah. So I do think that, that that is a boundary that we can feel from spirit and deity when they are, when they say no, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that does happen. Like I've, I've had that happen too. And sometimes it's, it's a little shocking, but like, it's, it's good. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have those people that will check up and be like, Hey, like, this is not okay. Or like, you are not ready for this or, Hey, maybe you had a hand in this problem too. Like, those things are really important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other one that I see a lot is if the spirit is demanding unnecessary things um, or a lot of things or excessive things, um, you know, the gods understand that we are humans and that we only have so much to give. And yes, back in the day, people used to give very elaborate things. But the thing is, is that we don't we're not generally in a position to do that these days is to give really elaborate things. And so if you're working with a spirit that's constantly demanding either really expensive things or, or things that are, um, that are odd or outside of your control. Like I, um, I occasionally hear of people who are like, um, Oh, well, my deity says that you need to give me um, your bracelet. Or, um, or I, I've even, I even heard, was told a story once of someone who had a friend that showed up at their house and was like, yes, the rocks in the trunk of my car told me that you need to give me your house. What? And she's like, um, no, <laughs> um, like, so when things like that come up, I, I want you to be worried. I want you to be concerned a little bit. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had an experience in working with Odin um, where I I had been asking for dreams and omens and signs that it was indeed him and and what he wanted from me. And I had this dream where I was in a grocery store and I was walking down an aisle and I looked to my left and on the shelf I saw a bottle of mead. And I was like, okay, interesting. And then next to the bottle of mead was another bottle of mead, but it was in the shape of an old man wearing a cloak. So I was like, oh, it's Odin. Odin wants mead. Great sign. Very clear communication. And it sounds like him, right? It It, makes sense. It sounds like him and everything. So I sat down with Odin and I was like, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. (laughs) And we need to set a boundary here, bud. (laughs) so uh you know i was like okay you know i'm comfortable with getting you the mead and i'm comfortable offering it to you but i will not partake Mm -hmm. and i think that if i had the experience of odin being like well you must drink the mead you must Mm -hmm. partake with me then i then that's where i would be like all right we can't do this you know holding that boundary there so that's just something to consider I love that example. I love that because that also brings us to our last one, which is, you know, is the spirit respecting the boundaries that you set? Yes. Spirit should, whether it is a deity, whether it is your ancestors, whether it is your spirit guide, if you set a boundary with them and you're like, hey, I am not comfortable doing this, then they need to respect that because 
we are in the driver's seat a lot of the time when it comes to deity work. And we need to make sure that we aren't doing anything that's going to cause ourselves harm or put ourselves into massive debt or any of these things. And so I think that's mm-hmm. really important. Drawing a line with, with deity. And if they do not respect it, I call that a red flag. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Odin had told me, you must strengthen me, then I, yeah, I would have severed the relationship because my actual life depends upon not drinking. Yeah. And I'm not about to sacrifice all of my hard work and my mental health just to appease a God. And, Mm. you know, Odin respected that. I was very happy to understand that about him. (laughs) That's good. And, And that's healthy deity relationships. I love that. I love that. So I think that kind of rolls us into as well of, of how to set a boundary with spirit. And I think that you showed a great example. You had a conversation, you told them, you communicated mm-hmm. that this is not something that, you know, where your boundaries are. I will get you the mead, but I will not partake of it with you. You know, communicate these things and they will understand. Especially like when I have had, I had like a, a period of time in my house where there was a lot of spirit activity. It was when the shift from summer to fall happened. Mm. There was a ton of spirit activity in my house. And I was just like, where the hell is this coming from? Why are my wards not working? And, um, you know, my partner has the second sight and and they're able to see more than me. And um, they were like, yeah, there's something hanging out in the back room. And I was I was fed up. I was like, all right, this has to stop. So I got my cult, my iron cauldron, put in a charcoal, threw in the rosemary and the rue. And I was like, get the fuck out. You yes. are not welcome here. And it is invite only. And you yes. need to respect my space. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Feel free to evict spirit. You know, whether it is from your house, whether it is from your altar, whether it is from you know, yourself, because sometimes we do end up with spirit attachments that are unhealthy. And yes, remove those things. We are witches. We have the tools to do so. And we should utilize them if we need to. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's a good one, too, because it's like, I, I get asked a lot, like, okay, I've started working with this deity. And I don't want to anymore. But now I'm afraid because I've put them on my altar, I've been working with them, I'm I'm worried that I'm going to offend them if I just kind of like, take their statue off and like, you know, get rid of it or whatever um, that I'm going to offend them. And the best advice I was ever given in regards to this was given to me by Anwin Avalon, who writes the water witchcraft books. Um, and she told me, she's like, you know what, when I'm in that, when, when that's happening to me and I'm like, you know what, I need to get no longer work with this deity, but you want to have an amicable breakup. She throws them a going away party. And I absolutely love that because it's like, you know what, Um, this has been great. I really appreciate, you know, everything that you've done for me and all that we've been through. Um, I'm going to give you a bunch of offerings and I'm going to say thank you and goodbye. And then um, depending on on who it is, I like to either pass along if I have like a statue or something to someone I know will use it. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the time that people um, ask me about this, they're talking about La Santa Muerte. and if people are worried about what to do with their statues, I always say, you know, either give them to another devotee that you know will care for it. Mm-hmm. Um, or I tell people to box it up and ship it to um, Karen, who is at Mi Niña Flaquita on 
Instagram with little underscores in there. So if you have um, a, a Santa Muerte statue that you want to get rid of, I send them, I tell people to send them to her because she takes beautiful care of them. She will get them new homes or care for them herself. So that's, that's a great way to go if you need to be like, bye to a, to a deity. That's really sweet. I love that. Throw them a goodbye party. It's a really lovely way to like close things out. That's nice. Absolutely. And then everyone just has good vibes at the end. Yes. And everyone feels respected. Everyone feels appreciated. And then we just, we just head on off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, today has been a wonderful, wonderful episode. Thank you guys again for voting for us for the witchies. We hope to bring you more exciting content and episodes. So uh, stick with us here and don't forget. Do witchcraft. Do it. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there. 